Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Fresh Cap Radio. In this shorter episode, me and Tegan are talking about the different shroomisms or different terms and words that are used when talking about mushrooms, specifically medicinal mushrooms. So terms like fruiting body and mycelium and uh, beta-glucan, you know, what do those really mean? And they get thrown around a lot, but sometimes I think it gets lost in the definition of those terms. So since it's National Mushroom Month, we thought it'd be fun to dive in and explain a little bit of these things a little bit more. So, uh, of course, if we missed anything, feel free free to reach out to us and let us know what you wanted to learn about or any terms that we might have missed. But aside from that, let's dive right into the episode. Hey everybody. Hey, did you know uh, September is National Mushroom Month? Yes. So we get a whole month to uh, geek out on mushrooms, which is pretty exciting. We haven't really talked about National Mushroom Month because to be honest, I don't really know what it means, but it's a good time of year for mushrooms Mm -hmm. and we thought it'd be fun to kind of hop on here live and talk about some shroomisms or some of the terms and words that we throw around um, that are kind of uh, unique, maybe not unique, but uh, are often thrown around when talking about mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms um, and just kind of explain some of these. Some of these you'll obviously know. Some might be new, but we're here to educate. And uh, some maybe we might miss. So if we go through this list, and there's anything that you wanted to learn about or wanted us to explain and we didn't, uh, feel free to hop in and uh, let us know. I'm going to check the comments every once in a while. I can't see them from here because uh, our tech setup is not showing me the comments. It's just our phones backwards. Uh, so you can read our beautiful diagrams that we did. Um, but yeah, without further ado... Why don't we get into it? Why don't we get into it? I'm just going to double check that we're live just because okay. I wouldn't want to do this whole thing. And uh, oh, we are live on Instagram. Sounds good. People are tuning in. Michael Monk saying hi. Bobby D. Digital is waving. Jasper's waving. And we are live on Facebook hey, as well. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for waving. So, <laughs> We're going to put these right here. We'll just draw one at a time. Okay. So number one topic. is spores. spores. And you can see right. I drew a bunch of spores <laughs> on there. Uh, They're actually a lot smaller than that. They are. And that's an interesting point, actually, because spores can come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. Um, and quite simply, a lot of you probably know what spores are, right? But they're those things that mushrooms use to reproduce. You can kind of think of it like this, the seeds of the mushroom. And uh, if you'll excuse me, uh, Nova might be popping in here. She, she likes to bark. <laughs> she gets excited about spores too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, you can kind of think of spores like the seeds of the mushroom, right? There we go. There we go. She's barking now. Let's, let's, let's just make sure. Okay. What are we going to do here? Let's, I think we just keep on We'll keep just keep on, on going? Okay. Hopefully you, you don't mind the barking. You might hear dog barking. She gets a little excited. It's bound to happen every once in a while. Other dogs go by. Yeah. I could put her outside. You could try. Yeah. Do you want to do that? I, I'll do that. I mean, do you want me to do that? Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> hey, no. Come I'll keep on. talking. This is what happens when you're live, folks. Uh, it's all part of the fun. Okay. So anyways, yeah, spores comes in a, a, all sorts of different shapes and sizes. Spores are incredible because mushrooms produce billions and billions and billions of these things in hopes that they'll land somewhere and be able to reproduce and eventually grow mushrooms. And the interesting thing about spores is each spore actually only contains half of the genetic information that's required to grow mushrooms. So when a spore lands, it sprouts and produces something called hyphae. I mentioned that because I know somebody yesterday mentioned they want to learn about hyphae. Um, spores land and produce hyphae. If two hyphae meet and they're, you know, the positive one and the negative one, eventually they will produce mycelium and that's what we can eventually use to grow mushrooms. Okay. One last thing about spores. One last thing about our dog. <laughs> she likes to pick toys out of her bin, but she's too short to get in her bin, so we have to tip it for her. There we go. <laughs> Hopefully we got the dog sorted out. 
Um, one last thing about spores is some mushrooms uh, actually have a lot of bioactive medicinal compounds in the spores, so they're grown on purpose yes. for the spores. And that would be like reishi. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, reishi, um, grown for the fruiting body, of course, obviously, but it's also grown for the spores. They collect the spores, they crack them open, and they have a really high concentration of a medicinal compound called triterpenes, which is highly sought after for reishi. Yeah, so you will see reishi spore supplements, reishi spore oil supplements. Those are quite common to see and quite beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. So and so when the spores are released, when the fruiting body is mature, and then the mushroom fruiting body will eject these spores, sometimes at very high velocities. Mm -hmm. I, rem I remember reading a stat about it sometime. I forget what it was, but one of the mushrooms ejects spores like... And they go so fast. Do you remember what it was? I know you've read this too. It's just, it's really fast. It's like the sneeze yeah. of the mushroom. And actually people yeah. do that. They see old puffballs or whatever, they'll kick them and spores just go boom everywhere and there's billions of them. And like it or not, there's spores absolutely everywhere. We're probably breathing some in right now. Well, I know we're breathing some in right now because we have a mushroom <laughs> down here. But yeah, spores are ubiquitous in the air everywhere. They land, they grow mushrooms and, uh, it, and, and that some of them can even survive in space. So spores are super cool um, and they are important to know. Yeah. Second term. So, like we said, what happens when spores land, uh, they sprout out hyphae, and eventually they'll produce... Mycelium. Mycelium. So mycelium is the next thing we want to talk about. Um, you might know what mycelium is. Um, and you can kind of think of it like the roots of the mushroom. Yeah. Although technically that's not really correct. And you don't see them, it's grown underground. So sometimes when you're walking through the forest, you pull up part of the floor of the forest floor, some of the dirt, you see this white material. Likely that's mycelium. Exactly. If, yeah, like Tegan mentioned, if you ever want to see mycelium, just go out in the woods, pick up some moss or, you know, uh, flip over a log and likely you'll see these white filamentaceous threads that are growing and that is mycelium and mycelium kind of goes out into the, uh, into the world and uh, captures nutrients for the mushrooms to eventually grow. Um, it's really, really cool. There's all sorts of different myceliums, obviously, and I have a couple that I want to show you. Uh, yes. If I can zoom in on the camera I can here, bring them up. sure. Actually, I'll just take them out of the bag so okay. you can get a better, better look at them. So we have two to show you: uh, lion's mane, which uh -huh. um, was exposed to light, and that's why you can see that it's fruiting quite substantially on the petri dish. Uh, it's kind of hard to stop that from happening, but you can see those little, uh, those little. Lion's mane fruiting body starting to form, and the reason they look so weird is because there's no, you know, fresh air inside that petri dish. But that's lion's mane mycelium growing on a dish. And the next one Tegan's going to show you is reishi, and reishi is an incredibly cool-looking mycelium. It's just um, you almost can't even cut it with a scalpel. It's so tough, it grows so fast, um, and it's just this bright white, beautiful color. So that's reishi. So these dots here, you can see that is where you put cultures onto this plate. Right. Yeah. So the mycelium is just this white mass covering this whole plate. It's not these lumps. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can see that. It's in focus in one camera and out of focus in the other camera. <laughs> but there we go. That is mycelium. Mycelium. Woo! Tripping here. Tripping on the dog bin. Okay. All right. Our next topic is... Next one up is... Except they're all stuck together. Fruiting body. Fruiting body. So you hear this word being tossed around a lot. Uh, fruiting body is basically just a fancy word for what we all think of when we think about mushroom. a mushroom. Yeah. So it's the mushroom part of the mushroom or like the, the, the final mushroom. stage of the mushroom that is the, the, the part of the mushroom that releases spores. It's the part of the mushroom that we eat, the part of the mushroom that's often used for medicinal compounds. 
Um, and it's a part of the mushroom that you see in the woods when you're walking around, grown out of the tree, you're grown out of the ground. And it's called the fruiting body because it's kind of analogous to a fruit, right? So you can think of if an apple tree is the apple organism, the apple um, is the fruit. Yep. It's no different the with The tree mushrooms. is just the yeah. mycelium and the... Yeah. So here's one I wanted to show you. Obviously, we all know what a fruiting body is, but just to really uh, make it obvious, here is a pink oyster mushroom. No, we can show it no? from here. Yeah, okay. it's fine. Uh, a pink oyster mushroom fruiting body. Um, and then here, all this white stuff underneath is the mycelium. Yeah, so, on a substrate. Yes. Yeah. Which is So this another. is mostly substrate with some mycelium over it and then the fruiting body. Yeah. So I'm just going to do a quick halfway check and see if there's oh, any right. questions that... Um, People want to ask, okay, we got some questions. No questions coming through. A lot of people saying hello. Somebody's saying they just found wine caps growing in their garden bed. Oh, that nice. is super cool. Good find. Awesome. Cool. Okay. All right. So let's keep on going Next here. Next topic is, so in the fruiting body, we find beta-glucans. Right. Yeah. Beta-glucans are an active compound. They're a type of polysaccharide found in the fruiting bodies. They have great medicinal value. Yeah. And that is what we can actively test for in our... Mushroom fruiting bodies and our extracts. Right, so if you read the back of the package of an extract, it might tell you a beta-glucan percentage. The word gets tossed around a lot. Beta-glucan is basically a type of polysaccharide, right? It's a bioactive compound that is able to modulate our immune systems. They come in a million different shapes and sizes, and basically they're just long chains of polysaccharides that are connected together in all sorts of weird and wacky and different ways. And there's different beta-glucans, like there's yeast beta-glucans, oat beta-glucans, fungal beta-glucans, which we have here. So not all beta-glucans are created the same or created equally. Exactly. And the beta just means like the way that it's linked. So there's alpha-glucans, uh, which we're you know, able to digest, no problem. Those are things like potato starch and all that kind of stuff. And then there's beta-glucans, which we actually can't digest, but we're actually hardwired to recognize um, as a potential foreign invader, which is why they modulate our immune system, which is why they can have all these beneficial effects. So beta-glucans are also water-soluble, right? So that's why um, if you want to pull them out of the fruiting body, uh, you will do a hot water extraction. And yeah, I don't know what that's else we need to say. And that's a little... I think that sums it up pretty quick. Drawing of a beta... Uh, and is that a fungal beta-glucan that you drew there? Yes. Okay. I mean, that, that is... It is like a, a section of it. So the, these things are like... They're not just like little... They're big, right? They're big... Uh, macro compounds, these long chains are all twisted and shaped and connected in different ways. Um, but that is a, a section. All right. Yeah. Next up. Chitin. Chitin. Um, and a lot of you might think that we would pronounce it chitin. <laughs> it's actually pronounced chitin uh, with a K. And chitin is the kind of, it's this, it's polysaccharides again, but it, it's what forms the hard cell walls of fungi and also different um, shellfish, for example. Yeah, so. like the exoskeleton of the shellfish. Exactly. The extremely hard structure. So, like in mushrooms, this chitin is extremely hard for us to, di to digest, which is why extraction is extremely important, because you will just pass this through if it's locked inside the cell walls. Any comments? No? No, I'm no? just I'm okay. checking it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, did you mention that the, the beta-glucans and everything is just locked up inside of there? Yep. Okay. And that's why that hot water extraction pulls it out. Yeah, that's why the hot water extraction is so important because those tough cell walls, our body will have a tough time breaking those apart and getting the beta-glucans out from inside. Right. So you can think of chitin, yeah, as the as the the strong cell wall structure of, of fungi. Yeah. yeah. So that is chitin. Right. Next up. Substrate. Substrate. 
So you might have heard of the word substrate obviously before, but in terms of mushrooms, it means what it is that the mushroom is growing on. So if we use this blog, for example, you can see here's the mushroom. It's growing on this brown stuff. That brown stuff is a substrate. In this case, it is hardwood sawdust with a little bit of bran for nutrition. Yep. And that's a pretty common substrate for gourmet and medicinal mushrooms. Mm -hmm. um, mushrooms are able to break that down. They're able to break down the you know, cellulose and the lingon and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you'll typically find mushrooms growing on hardwood out in the woods. Uh, if you find them growing on a tree, then the tree is a substrate. Yeah. Um, you can also grow mushrooms on straw, right? Or other plant material. Um, most gourmet and medicinal mushrooms will grow on hardwood like this, yeah. but some of the most common mushrooms like button mushrooms or Agaricus bisporus, that will grow on like compost. So it is, you know, a secondary decomposer, it grows on compost. So that would be the substrate for those mushrooms, right? Yeah. So many different substrates depending on the type of mushroom that's growing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it can actually be pretty important in the success of how well mushrooms grow, right? So a yeah. lot of thought and science goes into what is the best substrate to grow mushrooms. Oyster mushrooms like these ones will almost grow on anything, right? A substrate for certain oyster mushrooms could be coffee uh, grounds. It could be banana leaves. It could be coconut husk. It could be... Can you use soy hulls? Soy hulls work really good. The list goes on and on and on. And then you get something like shiitake, which is a lot more specific and will only grow really well on, on hardwood. Um, so yeah, it is pretty interesting, but, uh, that, that is substrate. Yeah. And a lot of people, when they think of mushrooms, they think, oh, they grow on poop. They grow on manure right? and they just classify them all together. But that's not true. There are many different substrates and very few actually grow on the manure. Exactly. And that's a really good point. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it. Um, yeah, most people think exactly like you said, that most mushrooms grow on manure because the most common uh, edible commonly mushroom, known, commonly yeah. known grown mushroom, say North America, is in fact grown, grown on compost. Um, but gourmet mushrooms aren't. No. So. So they're great to grow at home. Exactly. Because they don't smell. <laughs> <laughs> so that one is. All right. Next up, adaptogens. Right. All right. So what are adaptogens? So, yeah. So oh. you might have heard of the word adaptogen, right? Yep. It gets thrown around a lot, especially in natural health supplement space. Um, some mushrooms are adaptogens and adaptogen is actually this word that came out of science. It didn't come out of, you know, anywhere else. Um, and it, it basically means a substance that helps your body, uh, react better to stress. Yeah. Helps your body adapt, adapt to, to stress. stress. Yeah. And that's why they're called adaptogens. And the most commonly known medicinal mushroom as an adaptogen is cordyceps. So it has been studied and researched. There's been a lot of, um, evidence based on calling it an adaptogen. Right, yeah. right, and there of course are other adaptogens like uh, ginseng, right, is mm -hmm. an adaptogen, yeah. or ulithrilo, if I'm saying that right. Uh, anyways, there, there's lots of other things that are adaptogens, so not all adaptogens are mushrooms, some mushrooms are adaptogens. And some are not. And some are not. Yeah, not known and classified as adaptogens. Right. All right. Next topic, extraction. Extraction. Um, yeah, so this will be the process that we do after we get the mushroom fruiting bodies. Because of those tough chitinous walls, you wanna make sure you extract your mushrooms to pull out those beneficial compounds. There's different types of extraction. There's hot water extraction, there's alcohol extraction, there's dual extraction, which is a combination of alcohol and water extraction. 
and different extraction methods will pull out different compounds. So the water extraction will pull out water-soluble compounds like the polysaccharides, the beta-glucans, and alcohol-based extractions are going to pull out fat-soluble compounds like triterpenes and other compounds like that. Mm -hmm. So it depends what you're looking for, um, and there's different processes. Yeah, this yeah. is a really good explanation of it. I mean, extraction is, is again common when we're talking about herbal supplements, right? Because a lot of these compounds are kind of you know locked in and maybe not so bioavailable. So we got to pull them out and make them available. And the most common way to do a hot water extraction is just to make a tea. Yeah. People do it all the time. I mean, if you're making coffee, for example, you're extracting the caffeine from the coffee beans. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're making a tea, you're extracting, I guess, caffeine as well, but some other compounds from that tea. Mushrooms are no different. You can make a hot water extraction and you pull out those beta-glucans. Um, yeah, and that would be the traditional method with fruiting bodies of turkey tail, rishi chaga. Traditional method was to brew it as a tea and drink it as a hot water extracted extraction that was brewed from a tea. Exactly. So. And, you know, when it's done at scale, it's basically the same process. Instead of making a small cup of tea, though, you'd make it, you do it in a huge Larger. vat uh, yeah. for a long period of time, you pull out those compounds, and then... Once that is all mixed up, you perform the next word that we're going to explain, which somebody requested we explain. Spray dry. Spray drying. So, so spray drying is taking a liquid or a slurry, exposing it to extremely hot air, and turning it into a dry powder. Right. So after the extraction has taken place, it will be put through a large spray dryer. This isn't something that you can have on your countertop. These are big machines. Um, and then you will turn your hot water extraction and make it into a dry powder. And this is typically done for sensitive molecules, like usually used in pharmaceuticals or food preparation. That is when, yeah, you use spray drying. So you want a powder from a liquid. Right, so basically, yeah, you take a huge vat of liquid and they'll, they'll put it, they'll you know, spray it through a nozzle in, with heat and then it, it cools down on the walls of this big vessel and then gets banged around. And then at the end of the funnel, you have your- a collection bucket or bag or somehow to collect the material and it falls into this collection mechanism and there's your final powder exactly yeah. and it's basically just a way to turn yeah liquid compounds into powder, powder. something so. that you could easily add to tea or put in a bag or whatever so i'm just going to check yeah. if there's any questions that's the last word that we had yeah and by spray drying you end up with a powder that has a long shelf life uh you maintain the beneficial compounds and it's just a great easy thing to do any comments over there? Um, questions? Let's see. Yeah, Roberto's asking about fruiting bodies versus mycelium. Oh, right. And his actual question is, why are fruiting bodies better than mycelium? And I guess, I mean, that's totally a loaded question. Um, mycelium obviously has a lot of benefits. There's a lot of compounds in mycelium. Some of them are found in different concentrations, and they might be found in the fruiting body, etc. Um, mycelium itself is can be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. The problem is a lot of times mycelium isn't just mycelium, right? It's grown on grain, so the final product is actually really low in mycelium. Yeah, you could think of it, so imagine instead of this wood substrate, this was oat or rice. So you have a big mass of oat and rice. Take away this fruiting body. You may have tiny little pins. Um, and then this mass would be ground up into the final product because the mycelium just cannot be removed once it has grown and intertwined and started to ferment the grain. So the final product would be this. Right. Yeah. Instead um, of this. <laughs> right. And so or just pure mycelium, because there are ways to do 
liquid ferment where you just have mycelium, there is no grain right. in the final product. So yeah. but most of the supplements available in North America that are mycelium based are mycelium on grain supplements. So you do have a large amount of grain in the final product. So, mm -hmm. but it is up to find what works best for you and what you're looking for. So always do your research and know what you're buying and know what you're looking for, what benefits you want to achieve. Yeah, and also like when we talk about different compounds that are in mushrooms, like beta-glucan, for example, is definitely in way higher concentration in the fruiting body than it is in the mycelium. So if you were looking to specifically get those water-soluble immune-supporting compounds like beta-glucans, you'd want to look for the fruiting body versus the mycelium. So, um, and obviously this is a, an area ripe for uh, science and research and, uh, you know, the, we'll learn more every day as, as we go and, and more research is done into these compounds. Yeah. So, Let me check for any questions. Cool. Let's see if we have any more show and tell stuff done. I think that was kind of it. So, I think that might be it. I'm just kind of standing here looking to the camera now. <laughs> you ever use recycled materials for substrate for oyster species? Yeah, I mean, we don't in the, in the mushrooms that we grow, but you definitely can. I mean, that's the one thing that's so cool about mushrooms is people can use recycled, um, like I said, coffee grounds or banana leaves or, you know, um, from brewer's grains, um, all sorts of different, even just like paper. People grow, people grow oyster mushrooms on paper and cardboard and uh, whatever, so it's pretty cool. And then there was another question, what process is used to extract mycelium from grain? Unfortunately, there is no process for that. So any mycelium on grain supplement, all of the grain is included in the final product. So there is no process to efficiently do that, so it's not done. Right, and it would be high in polysaccharides, right? But that would be the alpha-glucan from, fr from the grain, which is, which is interesting. Cool. So, yeah. Is that, is that kind of it? I'll check again. Maybe <laughs> okay. someone else popped one in there. So we got to get like a, a comment screen so I we can know. see them. Anyways, uh, but thank you guys so much for joining us here live. It's always fun to chat. A bunch of waves. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah. That's great. Totally. I um, think that's it. I'm scrolling through. I hope I didn't miss any. Okay. Yeah, I think that's it. Oops. Perfect. Okay. Great. Well, yeah. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us. Sorry if there's a bit of chaos with <laughs> a little dog the chaos. dog's barking. There's always but... a little dog chaos. That's what happens when you're live. Exactly. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. What is it, Wednesday? It is Wednesday. Great. Information Wednesday. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah I guess so. It's National <laughs> Mushroom Month, so maybe we'll do this again. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Wednesday. Have a great day, guys.